Hey, um, back when, uh, uh, 15 minutes ago anyway, um, John Shields was looking for you, bud, and I told him that you're probably in around this side of the building, uh, in, in around Prod C, and he's like, oh, why, are, uh, is he doing a broad? And he means like broadcast, <laughs> podcast, I guess he just kind of mixed the two up. And I was like, that's kind of a personal question Wow! <laughs> to ask if Sex Meister Bud is doing stop, a broad. Stop, stop. It's likely. Likely. It's Shut likely. up. Shut up. I mean, it's a fair question. Today on the Geek Out Podcast, all the weird and wonderful tech from CES 2020. Casting news from Amazon's Lord of the Rings show, and there's Game of Thrones callback. We've got new trailers for Morbius, Black Widow, and Birds of Prey. And we might have seen our first glimpse of Colin Farrell as the Penguin. <laughs> Nerdy is the new sexy. Let's go to big The Zone's Geek Out, the podcast. It's the Geek Out Podcast, FU. It's January 16th, 2020, and it's episode What's 66. What's your language, bud? I don't think we explained this last pod. What is FU? It's January. Um, it's that everything sucks in January. All the good movies, whether they're like Oscar baits or big blockbusters like Star Wars, come out towards the end of the year. And so January is where all the movie studios... Uh, back up their dumpster full of shit and <laughs> unload it onto your face, yeah. and and it's a big fuck you because yeah, yeah, it's let's, January. Let's, like, let's do a skit here. Hi, I'm Brian. You're from Sony. Uh... Yes, that's correct. Fuck you. It's January. Jeez. <laughs> Art Aaronson. and it's also okay. why too right. we have nothing to talk about on this podcast right. generally and so all we're just flooded with a bunch of clickbait bullshit and like little tiny nuggets of non-news but still listen to our podcast <laughs> <laughs> don't stop it's more fun in fuck you it's January to listen yeah please Art Aronson uh, will be joining us very shortly. He's doing an interview or something. I'm Webmeister Bud. I host Bud's Weekly Geek Out Wednesdays at 7.20 with Dylan and Jason in the Morning Zone. Oh, hey, I'm DJ Boytano. Wow. Right. I thought you were going to get straight into the Geek Out uh, nope. topic. Um, DJ Boytano, I do the Afternoon Zone's mixtape. Yeah. that. What time of day is that. it on? In the afternoon. Yeah. I'm Paul Blasino, and I host that Afternoon Zone along with Jenny West. Thank you. <laughs> I'm Kirsten James, and I'm on the afternoons on the weekends. Afternoons. And I'm in a mood today because I fell down on a patch of ice, and I hurt my knee, and I broke my pants. I got one pair of jeans, and now they're done. That's it. And I'm not going to... A grown man can't walk around with holes in his pants. No, no, they look cool. No. Why can't can't you not? Because it's not a good look. Not for me. I already look like a schlubby asshole. I can't be fucking walking around with holes in my pants. Pretty good Get someone to sew that up. So. Put a patch on it. I'm going to yeah. go, yeah, yeah. Oh, put a cool patch on it. I'm going to go <gasps> buy new jeans now. No, put a cool patch on it. These recycle. Jeans are like, reduce, reuse, recycle. What are you doing? You don't have to throw those away. I'm not going to throw them away. I might cut them into jorts. Oh, boy. <laughs> I don't really? like that. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. I mean, I said re- reduce, reuse, recycle. But I, <laughs> Let's not get oh. ridiculous here. Is it bad? Oh, Is it bad to cut pants into jorts? I mean, I guess. It's totally not bad, just, Bret Hart. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Oh, fuck me. It's January. This week on Bud's Weekly Geek Out, I went over all the weird and wonderful things that were happening at CES 2020. Uh, there's much to cover here. There's 
Lots of things. Go listen to the geek out. So. Yeah. Well, Is any of this stuff coming to market? That's what I want to know. I see everything. It's like, look at this TV. It's the width of my pinky fingernail. Look at this flying car. It's called a small helicopter, you douchebag. Look at all this stuff. Then you never see it. So is any of this stuff available to buy within the next 6 to 12 months? Generally, no. CES, no, no. CES is a trade show, and this is where all the announcements are made. And this is generally a B to a business to business um, trade show mm-hmm. where people are marketing. Businesses are marketing to other businesses. Like 8K TVs were all the thing. Do you know how much 8K content there is out there right now? Zero. Very, very little. Yeah. But it's not for us. It's for future retailers. It's for future partnerships. It's for future anything that you could use an 8K TV for when the content is there. But they want to get their um, their their signatures and their what's like the number now. one coolest thing that came out of CES? That's confusing though because it's called con- consumer electronic show, right? Mm, yeah. yeah. Like so when consumer. are us consumers get to consume this shit? It's not. It's that's when not a bad point. Put them for sale. Mm-hmm. From my point of view, there was a thing called a Lenovo ThinkPad X1 Fold. So think the top of a laptop, just Uh a screen. And you can fold it. It folds in half. So you could fold it halfway, turn it sideways, and have a virtual keyboard on the bottom. Or you could could unfold it like a full screen, attach a a physical keyboard (laughs) type on it. But then you fold it up, you put the keyboard on the inside... And it charges. Why are we so obsessed with folding things? I don't understand this. In the last like five years, everyone folding is like a thing. Whether it's our electronics or Marie Kondo showing you how to (laughs) fold your bras. (laughs) Um, Okay, then in terms of wait, but no, what? I'll answer that because everyone is creatively bankrupt and they don't know what the fuck to do. And until another person like Steve Jobs comes around and reinvents something. Yeah. With he an actual invented, good idea? He, well, yeah. He invented the rectangle of glass that we all are obsessed with. <laughs> and now no one else knows what to do beyond that. And so they're like, I know. We used to have things that fold. How about that again? But they don't know what's next. And I'm not saying I know what's next. But it's like, I don't know. What's next? I don't know. I want, you, know what I, you know what should be next? It's like a digital projection thing, like you see in all the future things, like where you like click your watch and it Ooh, like a little like hologram. hologram. Yeah, Holograms that would be next. great. Hologram Fucking would Tupac be great. Yep. five years ago. What happened to that? I you won't answer hologram. my FaceTime calls, and now you're thinking that you're gonna get a full body Ooh, oh, hologram yes. of yourself oh, every totally. time. Well, see, the thing about what you called me the other day, FaceTimed me in public, and so you're like when you're FaceTiming, you have to hold the phone out and then speak really loudly, nah, for, not that loud. or, or like turn the volume up so I can hear what you're saying. Right. But if there was a full body hologram of you, people would be like, "Oh, she's on the phone." I think people know you're on the phone. Do <laughs> 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 a FaceTime. Yeah, but I don't. I don't know. Uh, I, don't yeah, know. I know. Yeah, I want a full body hologram. Wow, I don't wear clothes enough okay. around the house. You so, be like Kyle I think Ren. this right here uh, do is why uh, consumers are not invited to CES. <laughs> 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 it's just like. Like, Paul would go in there, wouldn't even wipe his feet to his shoes are all muddy, goes into somebody else's house and spits all over their shit. <laughs> what am I spitting on their shit? What are you talking about? Holograms, they're next. Stop your folding. So Quibi is a video content platform that came up with a pretty neat idea called Turnstile so that you, no matter which way, and this is so stupid, watching content, everybody, if you're watching content on your phone, no matter which orientation you have it, portrait or landscape, mm-hmm. they film it both ways. So when you flip the oh. phone, it switches and there are no black bars no matter what. Oh, that's wonderful. They take it one step further with a program that they're working on called Wireless, where if it's landscape, you see what's in the scene, what they've shot. But if you turn your phone portrait, you get to see the main character's phone screen. What? 
You get to see what the main character would see Wait, on their main, phone. Sorry, I, I must have missed something. The main character of what? Of the show um, uh, uh, Wireless. Oh. Yeah. I've been about that for a long time. I don't know why it's not built into the operating system of every phone. To do what? Is that if you're shooting video, if you've got it landscape, it shoots it. If you turn your phone portrait, it should, maybe not landscape, but at least like square box it. But d- no such thing as vertical video anymore. No, thanks. Thank you. That would be great. Except for in apps where it makes sense, like TikTok. But it's because or- of the apps like that that vertical video has has made its way in, which I hate. But anyway. Yeah, no. Why couldn't like fucking Snapchat or Instagram stories just make it so that you're doing all of that stuff horizontally? Yeah, as far as I'm concerned, video content should be landscape. You know what's really f- funny Wire. about this is kind of like the that podcast that... 99% invisible about design. Great the whole show. the whole reason that we're filming vertical videos is because our phones like um operating system the user experience is vertical. Right. So it's just that extra like wanting to turn it that. But if our phones operating system was horizontal, if like everything was laid out like this, we would be taking horizontal video. It's, it's just we yeah. fucking are too lazy. It's well, so crazy. That's why I don't mind for like Instagram stories and short videos and TikToks and whatever. If it's all just up and down, it all should always be portrait mode in that application. And this makes sense too to talk to you on your phone like this. Yeah, of course. Mm. Right? <laughs> that, that makes sense. And you can do phones. it there, but if you're just filming something through this, the camera, it should, on video, it should just switch to being either a landscape or in a box. That's it. Hang on. Hello, everyone. The lunch lady's at reception. The lunch lady is at reception. That, the operating system should force you yeah, when you make your content for it just to mm-hmm. be that way, unless you're doing it through the camera of the specific application like Instagram. Yeah. That's all. See, Paul and I should be invited to CES. Yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> <these anyone's laughs> great ideas. We what are you talking about? Did I go to your house and spit on something, Brian? Oh, no. Whoa. Well, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I, guess what? Now I'm going <laughs> to. Okay. CES <laughs> is Looks making like you're us. you with a rip in your jeans. Oh, mm-hmm. don't. Bring it up. Yeah, this hoodlum's not allowed in oh, my house. Geez. He's got rips in his jeans. CES <laughs> is making us. Get a band under there, too. Yeah. Aww. And Paul Lee Sporin. Yeah, I had to sit in my pants down in promotions department for like 20 minutes while we tended to my wounds. Now, you needed to do it for two minutes while they put the polysporin on you. Kept your pants off for 20 minutes. It's so nice to air out my legs. Oh, my God. Uh, let's talk Morbius, please. Lots of trailers of things coming up. Um, Morbius. Wow. Marvel adjacent. Well, that's what is. they're calling it. Actually, really? That's, oh, really? I yeah. just made that up. No, no, no. Marvel adjacent is what? Um, who's the Sony person? Amy Pascal. Yeah, she's what? Like, I think she coined that term, Marvel huh. adjacent movies, um, because there are so. If you've seen the more the Morbius trailer, actually, if you go to our Geek Out Pod group, I had a video of of Bud and Art oh, that was watching funny. it for the first time. And then reacting to, like, the big kicker at the end. That's a pretty good kicker um, at the end. But, okay, so I guess I'm going to spoil that trailer. But, like, if you haven't seen the Morbius trailer, basically... Mary! We don't need, we don't spoiler need a spoiler for a trailer. Oh, well, I don't know. Just pause this podcast and go to the show notes and watch the trailer, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, Morbius is a character within the Spider-Man universe. He is a, typically a villain, pretty much like a vampire guy. Um, and he's also part of this group called the Sinister Six, which is like a bunch of uh, Spider-Man. He is okay. So he's a, there's See, like I didn't know that. That's movies. cool. That's cool. I've heard of the Sinister so Six. One of the members of the Sinister Six is the Vulture, Adrian Toomes, who was played by Michael Keaton in Spider-Man: Homecoming. I'm Batman. And a properly MCU movie. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, MCU yeah. proper movie done by Kevin Feige. Um, 
in the kicker scene of this trailer, presumably Adrian Toomes, yeah. uh, played by Michael Keaton, shows up. And do we know if this takes place before or after the events of Spider-Man? We don't know. Okay. But so, and there are certain things here because, like, there is a scene within that um, trailer where Morbius is walking through an alley and you see a picture of Spider-Man with some graffiti on it yeah. uh, saying murderer which oh. could tie into the plot of Far From Home as you know in that uh, last scene where he's oh. sort of made to look like he murdered Mysterio who was right. seen as a hero right. at the time which is such right. a lot of crap I hate that people bought into that so stupid J. Jonah Jameson sorry <laughs> Wow. Sorry. <laughs> Mad at J. Jonah Jameson? Or <laughs> yeah. in- uh, no, Mysterio. Like, just, uh, it just- or in the real world, are you mad at Info people- Wars? No, no. Well, well. Uh, well. Um, so anyway, but the, the weird fucking thing about that, and people have already picked up on that, is that the picture of Spider-Man is not the MCU Spider-Man. It's of the Raimi Spider-Man. Oh. Oh. Which is even fucking weirder. Well, yeah. I guess Sony? I don't. What? That's the thing. They have some old toys in the closet they need to get rid of? My guess, if I were to really delve deep into my comic book nerdy mind in in what, uh, (laughs) in uh, like kind of theorizing what their plan is, uh, because I think what they really need is an exit strategy for Spider Man. Right. To get Spider Man (sighs) out of the MCU. Because there's only one more. movie deal with uh, Tom Holland's version of Spider-Man and one more crossover deal with another MCU property, Mm -hmm. which I think is going to be the next Captain Marvel. But uh, one of the things that I'm thinking is that like Sony's announced, you know, like mid last year that they're doing a Madam Web movie, which is Madam Web is the person that pulls the strings in the multiverse and stuff. And uh, she... Um, has big dealings with like kind of these um, Spider-Verse crew where it's hmm. you know there's a comic of of all these different kinds of Spider-Men like kind of like Into the Spider-Verse where like Miles Morales, Peter Parker Peter uh, Gwen Stacy and everything um, they all travel different universes to solve problems um, I think what they're trying to do is make this sort of tie into more of a Spider-Verse whereas this is taking place in Oh, kind of alternate reality. Okay, yeah, Adrian yeah, yeah, yeah. Toome still exists in this reality. Interesting. That makes sense. Um, but okay. the Spider-Man, like, he's got a different costume, and maybe he is the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. Right, that makes that would make know? sense, yeah. Oh. And then they'll kind of tie this, like, maybe have Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness kind right. of tie, tie into this. And, like, having... Because we've already discovered that there are multi multiple mm-hmm. universes. Oh, that's right? cool. They'd be smarter to... Um, kind of, I, I like the idea that what they're doing with these movies, like, okay, we got Venom and now we got Morbius yeah, and, uh, yeah. So, uh, Adrian Toomes of Ultra is in there as well. And wasn't it at the end of Homecoming, doesn't the Scorpion show up? Yeah. Right. So I would like if they're using these standalone villain movies, because my beef is when I saw this trailer, I was like, I don't want Morbius. I don't give a shit about him as a character. He's just... Like Batman and Dracula watered down and mixed together, and that sucks. I just, I but I like him as a Spider-Man villain. Because mm-hmm. what's going to be the climax of this movie? Who is going to fight Morbius? Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. A more evil vampire guy thingy. Exactly. It's yeah. another Venom problem. It's another exactly. villain movie without a hero. Exactly, and that's bullshit. And it sucked in Venom. And it's likely going to suck here. 
But I don't mind it if what they're doing here is trying their best to set these villains up, trying to give them each an origin story in a way. It's like almost the inverse of what the cinematic universe did with their heroes, right? Give them each a kind of a standalone story to set them up and then get them together. If that's what you're going to do to set up the Sinister Six and then you bring in Spider-Man who has to deal with all of them and it's maybe a, it's a Spider-Man movie mm-hmm. with these Sinister Six that we've each seen set up in their own movies. That makes sense. Okay. It's like, I a, like that's a reverse Avengers. Exactly. Every villain gets their own movie the only and then thing, they fight though, a good guy. Because what's the weakest thing about, not the Avengers specifically, but let's say over on the DC side, uh, when they try to get the Justice League together, right. it was some fucking CGI video game shitty villain that no one gave a shit about. Yeah. But at least here, if we've built these villains up when we get to Sinister Six good and call. this reverse Avengers, it's better. Well, that's like the kind of that. Like, we already love Spider-Man. We don't Suicide need more Squad was kind of supposed to be that, but then it was... Yeah, but then they started with the ensemble. Yeah. yeah the, so bad. the key to that, to making that work, though, is more... that Because that's not necessarily the Marvel Marvel formula. The Marvel formula is to have good stories first and then make all that shit connect. So if they're making this with the intent of making Sinister Six, all you're seeing then, just like the Justice League properties, all you're seeing is one big fucking trailer for the next thing. And I don't want to have to invest my time in the next thing if that thing that I'm presently watching sucks. Because the lead-ups have to stand alone. Mm -hmm. They have to be good enough movies on their own to make it worth it when you put them all together. Great call. This is also why my nerdy mind is hoping that is the case with what they're doing and mm-hmm. doing a Spider-Verse and making maybe an exit strategy for Spider-Man um, because I don't want, like, my protective self does not want this to ruin the fucking MCU. I agree. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, if they... Taint it. If Exactly. Right? Well, if yeah. they take this and be like, okay, now this version of Venom is now part of the MCU, <laughs> well, the plot to Venom had uh uh what's his name eddie brock all surprised that aliens exist mm-hmm. when if this takes place in the mcu it would have taken place after the battle of new york right. so right. people would have known aliens oh exist. man you can't retcon of, too much no yeah it's it's sony's classic lack of attention to detail exactly that is shit yeah I, but i you know i just think somebody at sony Amy Pascal or whoever has got like a major hard on for the Sinister Six. Yeah. They've been trying to do that since at least Amazing Spider Man 2. Yeah. Right? That fell apart lazily as well, too, right? There's yeah. the background we walk by and we see the octopus arms and all this other shit like behind glass. It's like that's a very lazy way to set this up. At least yeah. maybe they're trying now to like do it proper with the individual movies and, and build it. But I think you're right, Brian. The If the story's not there to begin with, um, then it's not going to work. Yeah. And I hope also that you're kind of right about this exit strategy thing too because I think it would be smart if Sony wants to take back ownership of Spider-Man, what you've got to do is let Tom Holland belong to the MCU even if he is not even active anymore. But just mm-hmm. let that be. And you, whether you bring it in the different universes, the Madam Web, the Into the F- Spider-Verse, um, you take that route. You've got to get Miles Morales now as your lead Spider-Man. Yeah, and you've got to get a live action Miles Morales Spider-Man. That's how we go forward in the 2020s. Well, with yeah, Spider-Man. and then if, if you, you want, want to do Peter Parker, alone. then you got Toby, old Toby Maguire, <laughs> old Toby Maguire. Fucking, you know, whatever. he's not doing anything. He's just if making Star Wars sure. Spider-Man. I would just hope that they do it on their own. You know, yeah. And and not fuck up the Spider-Man that we have and love completely because we. That's it. The take the lesson, Sony. We love. 
Tom Holland is Spider-Man. That's our Peter Parker now, okay? Yes, you had some success with Tobey Maguire back in the day, but if you want to have a Spider-Man for right now that we love, you've got to take the brave move and get it to be Miles Morales. Tobey Maguire can be Peter B. Parker. Yes. There is also a... um, so Just leave him alone. <laughs> yeah. Further into the Sinister Six, there is a uh, theory that uh, Jared Harris, who's a character in Morbius, or, or who is an actor who's going to be in Morbius, if you rewatch the trailers, is that he's actually playing Doc Ock. Mm-hmm. Oh, like shit, really? Before oh. he becomes Doc Ock. Okay. So be interesting. <laughs> Stop it. Stop okay. It. Well, look at as long as... Because I don't know if I love the casting of Jared Leto as Morbius. I mean, he looks fine, I guess, and get, put on some muscle mass, and yeah. he looks good with the little pig nose makeup at the end there. Um, <laughs> Does he look good? Do you think that's what he looks? I mean, yeah, as a Morbius character, yeah. yeah, yeah until because until the pig nose, I thought this was like oh, one long thirty seconds to Mars video. <laughs> oh, he's in a cave that's dark and ominous. <laughs> um, but I think. Uh, uh, as long as hopefully Marvel or Feige or somebody over there with their head screwed on right is, you know, involved in making these casting decisions because they are the most important decision practically in these movies. And yeah, I I, I don't know. I say if, if we're going to tie them all in and Holland's going to have to fight these guys, let's make sure we get the right actors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, I don't know. Is this guy going to be a good Dr. Octopus? That's the bar. Alfred Molina is our Dr. Octopus. Yes. Okay, Tom Holland made us forget about... Um, what's his old name? <laughs> I don't even remember his name now. Uh, Tommy McGuire. Tommy McGuire, that's yeah. right. Right? We don't miss him anymore. If I'm sitting there watching a Dr. Octopus movie with this guy who you just said, yeah. if, it's, <laughs> if I'm sitting there missing Alfred Molina, you fucked up the casting. Yeah. That's the most important thing. Let's talk about Black Widow and a nice couple more milliseconds glimpse of Taskmaster. Fuck you with January! Including <laughs> what it was. Yeah. A, an actual showcase of what he is capable of, which, Brian, remind us please, is what? What well, can he, Taskmaster? He basically has the ability to mimic anything that he sees. So if he's if he's spent all this time studying the Avengers, which it look, appears as though he oh, has, okay, yeah. he's able to mimic Captain America's moves. Like he's He's got the shield and he knows how to throw it and he knows how to catch it and all that kind of stuff he you saw in the last trailer he was able to mimic uh, hawkeye in terms of the or he or she i guess i don't know oh um uh, and then also able to mimic black widow right that fight they had on the bridge um and i think that was more in response to uh some of the kind of i would call them toxic super fans uh, complaining about the way that Taskmaster looked oh, in the god. first trailer. Oh my god! Was like, that doesn't look like Taskmaster. And what you didn't do to it in interview? You have food. you went for lunch. No, what are you? I got someone today. Art no, Aronson no, is here. Why the you're fuck are you wearing sunglasses? With sunglasses. sunglasses. <laughs> Take your glasses. Oh my god! <laughs> I'm gonna go get some water. <laughs> cool interest. This is a nice oh shirt, my god! What is shirt is this? I really I like it. Blue. Well, this, this is some kind of grinding cool. hall. Uh, yeah, you're not taking them <laughs> off? You're just, cool. you're no. just choosing not to take them off? Oh, you're, you're cool. keeping them on, huh? I just want to... Um... No, the shirt is really nice. He's wearing a really nice, kind of like a half wool, like a thin wool checkered shirt. It's really nice, but no, those sunglasses are bad, dude. <laughs> so now that they're off, is it too bright in here? Or yeah? What are they? They're okay. like knockoff Oakleys from a oh, gas good. station. I paid, I paid like 300 bucks for these. Stop, you did not. Serious, yeah. Wow. Oh, geez, geez. Are, these, are these sunglasses not cool? Art is a liar. Lauren said you <laughs> went 
with her to Cafe well, Fantastic. No, I, ordered, I ordered, I ordered, and then came back. And he's wearing the sunglasses again. He took them off for a split second, and now he's put them on, and he's not taking them off again. Because, because Paul says they're not cool, and they are cool. $300 sunglasses, man. Yeah. Well, I got them on sale. They were 40% off. No. 340% off. 300. Taskmaster, let's get back on task, <laughs> please. No? Okay, let's talk about the Birds of Prey. Wait, 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 wait. Captain, Captain America? No, you missed it. It's too late. You, if you hadn't got your Are lunch. we talking about Captain America? No, no, we're talking about Black Widow. And you know what? It's interesting timing that this trailer came out when it did in the week that... Scarlett Johansson is up now for two Oscars in two different categories, mm. which is like a, a pretty rare thing. Very rare, yeah. Like yeah. she's one of only like eight actresses or whatever to do it, and the last time was like in the freaking seventies. But man, or both in well-deserved roles, though. They like absolutely both those yeah. movies. She's phenomenal. I haven't seen plus four, Florence Pugh. Pugh. With, yeah. um, Thank you. Who's uh, nominated as well? For, I think Little right Women. Yeah, for, for Little, Little Women. Women. Yeah. yeah, and so she's in this movie too. So it's a stacked cast. Just having a fun Marvel time. I'm I'm pumped for Black I, Widow. I I'm worried though a little bit, like because we're expecting like great action from this movie, right? Like most Marvel movies, mm-hmm. but we also want that story, that great story. I don't. I and I'm not sure how. Like, has she ever directed an action flick before? I don't think so. I was looking who? at her at her IMDb. The the director who, of this who movie. who directed this? I can't remember. I don't her name. remember. Um, she directed. Uh, uh, some good episodes of a TV show. Sorry, I wish I had it in my head. <laughs> but you know ago. who else directed like a, some good episodes of a TV show before they did in Big Action Blockbuster? The Russos, baby. The Russo and brothers. the Russos, what they did was right. they went out to get people to help them with the action. Yep. Right? The guys uh, who did uh, that action movie. That action movie. I'm but sorry. also, like Taika Waititi, like he had barely done anything. He did Creed, I think. And then, yeah. like, they just gave him Thor. Mm-hmm. Without a script, like so, Michael I don't know. Did not do Creed. But, but the thing he, about he Black something. Widow is, it's a different kind of Creed. action. And right? You got to have that hand to hand combat, right? Punchy punch movie. Yeah. I think. Oh, get a hold of this podcast. There's two different conversations. I know it's crazy, isn't it? Um, yeah, I, 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 I the, the, the action will be fine. Marvel knows how to do action. Feige's still in charge, right? So he'll, he'll guide a director, even if they are inexperienced. But I have uh, trust in this director, anyways. Well, I'm starting to think it's not that hard to do an action movie. <laughs> <laughs> if you're Kevin Feige. <laughs> hey, let's move on to Birds of Prey and see how hard it is to do an action movie, especially an ensemble one. Uh, yeah, how's your confidence level about action movies now, Paul? Yeah, Birds of, Tri- Birds of Prey trailer, uh, again, much of the same? They wanted to establish this is an R movie, so they made her say the F word. Oh, is that what? So they was Harley did? Quinn like uh, such a? So I don't like. She was like she was one of the the good things that came out of Suicide Squad. Yep, she was fine. She was one of the good things there, the bright spots. So then they thought that they could do a spinoff movie with her. Was she good enough that you wanted to have another movie with her in it? Well, so this is a weird case of like a piece of good casting. That these people are thinking, like, that's enough to carry the movie. But there's no real source material for Harley Quinn, not any that is separate from Batman. So unless you want to make a new Batman movie that has Harley Quinn and the Joker in it. Which would be great, P.S. Maybe. Probably. Yeah, maybe. If you're going to do the tone of the animated series. I don't know. Do you know what I mean? And then, yeah, that would probably be great, That's what it would take. Yeah. But, uh... 
but they're just like, well, we can't do that right now. The Joker's tied up in this. We don't have a Joker. But but also, uh, Joaquin Phoenix is the Joker at the moment. So, but we can't put him into a Batman movie for whatever reason. So we can't have Harley Quinn. But we want to do something with Harley Quinn while Margot Robbie still fits apart. So let's just do this. It's just, it's a mess. It's a mess based on decent casting. Well, and this is it's also once. stupid. <laughs> this came about well before uh, the Joaquin Phoenix Joker movie was even in development. Um, it's because she was the good part of Suicide Squad. Right. <laughs> and that's the thing that they, they've done with the DCEU is they've just like taken, okay, what's worked for us? Okay, Wonder Woman, Shazam, um, and Harley Quinn in that one movie. Right. And let's make all these other movies and now let's just Let's not focus on, you know, the the greater universe. Let's just make these solo projects and that's what they're doing. But why Wonder Woman exists? Is that piece of casting good enough to carry another shitty movie with that's just fleshed out with a bunch of other characters that no one knows or gives a shit about? DC we'll think so. Find out. Uh but like some, February probably 7th. some other people will find out. Like, come on. Watch it. No. <laughs> it's, it's, you can't just like Get a great actor in a action movie and put him in a costume and think it's going to work, right? That's what DC's doing here. This is not good enough. It's not good enough. No. Do better, DC. Well, you know, it's, yeah, come on. Come on. No. Nobody cares about this movie, right? No, you, none of you guys are going to go out and see this in theater. No. Not for money. No. Margot Robbie's great actor, but, I mean, it's not enough to get me out to the theater to see this i can't imagine sitting through it when it shows up on crave or wherever honestly. Yeah, exactly i haven't sat through i didn't i didn't no. watch it on netflix when it was there was it on netflix i think it was yeah i haven't gotten all the way through the aquaman yet <laughs> wow so like yeah, what am i gonna get around to birds of prey <laughs> never let's talk about a, a vin diesel movie that the trailer just dropped for called bloodshot pretty interesting concept based off a comic i guess i think yeah i watched it minutes before we started hitting record pretty neat concept vin diesel wakes up he's been cryogenically something oh. and he's been super How duper original. enhanced and everything oh, that too yeah exactly wow. These are and they want to they want to send him out on a Does mission he have muscles they want to send him out on a mission but this is you spitting on people's shit in sorry. somebody's house <laughs> right wipe your feet paul sorry they want to send him on a mission but he's got revenge on his mind because he's just remembered this person that killed his wife is this so robocop he, this I've is literally the plot for listen listen up. so he goes out and kills the guy yeah. then they shut him off then they wake him up with a new wife in his memory he's a robot he's a robot he's yeah he's like nano enhanced and everything RoboCop. so they'll cut him and they'll he'll heal and whatnot interesting concept think it would probably be a pretty good uh, comic to read or uh, or whatever. I'm not sure it hmm. will show much more than CG schlock and as in the movie, but I you know, I'm just I'm So this is judging. what he was filming when the Fast and the Furious movies were going on without him. Probably. <laughs> yeah. Guess so, right? This right. is like Butthurt Vin Diesel <laughs> starring Butthurt Vin Diesel. Um, oh, yeah, when I watched the trailer, like I and I had said immediately after it was like, wow, this is The Fast and the Furious meets X-Men Origins Wolverine. Mm-hmm. Meets um, what else did I say? Uh, Inception. Yeah. Meets oh, and also maybe Source Code. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh man. And yeah, it's it's all bundled up into one. Yeah. I'm cool if it's like a new cool idea and for an action flick. Let's let's have a few of these. Were you just listening though? It's this uh, the only it's the most recycled ideas of all time, all smashed together, put on the shoulders of one of the least likable action heroes of the last 20 years. Yeah, that's wow. never been done, though. <laughs> the least charismatic. <laughs> it's awful. I don't know. The effects look okay from what I saw over your shoulder. The effects look all right. Yeah. But who cares? 
Uh, I mean, he's been playing, what, the Groot voice, and that's it, really? Like, yeah, no kidding. Right? That's it? Career so going. Here, here, here he comes, right? He lost his own franchise. I'd be yeah. hurt, too, if I lost my own franchise that I started. Oh, there's going to be a Fast and the Furious. What is it? What are they at now? Nine? Yeah. Fast and the Furious 9. Kiss yeah. and make up really fast. <laughs> really fast. I don't know. And furiously. Ooh. <laughs> Ew, okay. Uh, and I saw a trailer for something called October Faction. Uh, it's just one of those things that YouTube fed me. And it looks like Men in Black, but for monsters instead mm. of aliens. It's a series on Netflix starting January 23rd. Not a bad, not a bad concept. Mm. Don't know how it'll carry. I feel like this is another idea that's, I think, been tried and done forever and never to great effect. It's like... Monster cops or... Yeah, we're a team of cowboys and we're going off to it's monsters and they're demons and the things that go bump in the night, but we're going to get them and, because we are secret and men in black. And I don't know. I, again, it seems <laughs> very, very recycled to me and uh, it kind of is like a... You know, so they get to do it in an interesting way. This is kind of like... A, X-Men almost. Or sorry, not X-Men. Duh. X-Files. Mm, yeah. Oh, sure. Yes. Good call, actually. Right. Yeah. But that was interesting because it like happened in the FBI and it was also tied up mostly in alien shit. This is just like, whatever, man. I don't know. Buffy did it already and with teenagers. So fair enough. <laughs> I'm bored. Well, let's get to some news. Uh, big news is that we heard just after we finished recording last week's podcast is that... Uh, Scott Derrickson is out from the Multiverse of Madness, and he tells us why. Somebody else tell us why. Oh, well, it's really just creative differences. Yeah, <laughs> That's why I was like, I don't know if this really should be a headline. Fair enough. It's that's a little story. vague. Creative That's what they all It's like scheduling difficulties. That. It's your generic, yeah. or spending more time with your family. It's Creative generic. differences is what you say. Even if they say, like, he's broken his silence on this, and then he says creative differences, it's because he still might want a job later on, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And so if they can't get together and be like, okay, no, I think Dr. Strange should do this. No, I think Dr. Strange should do this. And if they can't come to an agreement, it's the amicable, amicable part it's the way to not now, burn bridges on your I way think out. The only way this could be um, a pretty like heavy news story is that if this does affect the uh, the date that they planned they plan to originally release Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Because yeah. right. uh, if they can't find a new director in time, um, well, then production's fucked up. Right. See, I find that interesting. That that's the polite thing to say is creative differences be- because when I hear creative differences, I'm like, Ooh. oh, you guys know what the fuck you're doing, and if you're fighting about it, and you've got like creative directors, if they're having creative difficulties, it means the studio is butting in with a bunch of bullshit. Usually, bullshit though, because this is MCU. Mm, yeah, yeah, it's right? interesting. Yeah, I don't, so I don't know. I don't and know. So, so it- yeah, it could be the director. What is like shooting his mouth off and wanting to do dumb things? Could be because mm. like. Uh, Kevin Feige, and he's shown this before, 23 or however many movies and properties, he runs a tight ship and was like, we can't stray from this because this is going to set up this and this is yeah. going to set up this, That's but true. we still need to make this a good story, right? Right, And we can't have all these kind of creative ideas coming in that could potentially fuck up the greater story, right? Yeah. So uh, this happened when Peyton Reed took over for Ant-Man. Ant-Man's not obviously the greatest MCU movie, but it still works. Yeah. Uh, it would have been interesting to see how... Uh, who's the director of Baby Driver? Um, Edgar Wright. Edgar Wright would have done Ant-Man. Right. Especially in that sort of style. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
if it had kind of effects on how Ant-Man was going to then later on come in to solve the problem in Endgame, yeah. you know, no, then totally. obviously they can't do that. Totally. Okay, all right, but MCU... <laughs> Notwithstanding, anywhere else who says creative differences, I'm like, oh, okay, this is a mess uh, behind yeah, the scenes. Exactly. For the most you guys part, know right? don't know what you're doing, basically. What? Well, I know. I always think of just Solo, right? Yeah. It was like the t- Lord Miller, whoever it was there. Yeah. When they had creative differences with Kathleen Kennedy or whoever, it just meant that that movie was a train wreck. Yeah. And it turns out it kind of was. Yeah, but they filmed that entire movie. Like, it was filmed. That's the difference here, right? Like, they haven't started. I know. Just as a one example of creative differences. Yeah, this one, they're still shit. kind of completing casting I and final Solo. script things. Um, I thought it was a good movie. They did release the synopsis for this Doctor Strange movie, and they talk about uh, uh, an old ally turned villain. So I was like, oh, Mordo's coming back, which means <laughs> that uh, who's the actor that plays Mordo? Oh, right. Age of Four. Edgeo four, thanks. So, right. which is great. He's, he's so cool. Back. Cool, he's you know? the greatest. Nice. Um, yeah, did you guys really like the first Doctor Strange? I, I, I feel like there's it's half and half. I, I I talk to some people and they're like it's the worst MCU MCU movie. And other people what? are like I really really no. enjoyed the magic as an MCU movie. Like kind of watching it back now, knowing what to expect, it's fine. It's great. Um, when I first saw it, I was like, man, this is going to be like MCU, but Inception, you know, yeah. they were going to do like, I think it was the trailer. Whoever cut together that trailer, yeah, true. fucking brilliant, but it did not represent like Mm-mm. what the movie was going to be like. Right. Cause, but then when infinity war came out and the Russos did what they did with Dr. Strange, cause I thought they killed it with Dr. Yeah, Strange. Yeah, you almost don't really war. like that character yeah. in Dr. Strange. Yeah, you but then like a more in Infinity Yeah, war. and then you see everything he does with uh, his, you know, his uh, Benedict, Benedict Cumberbatch and Robert Downey Jr. And they're like back and forth in that movie is so good. And you're like, ah, oh, this is cool. This yeah. is this is Dr. Strange, right? So Can yeah, I just say I'm my just favorite line? I have been falling for 30 minutes! Oh, from Ragnarok. <laughs> from Ragnarok. I'm sorry. That's just the greatest. It's the greatest, greatest line. I love that. That's Loki. That's Loki, right? Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Doctor Strange put him in a minutes. thing, and he was falling and falling yeah, and falling yeah. and falling and falling. It would be so fun to fall for 30 minutes if you knew you were going to have like a decent landing, like you did, wouldn't it? If you know. knew, what did you? I don't think he would have known. Okay, hear me out. Oh no! If I could replace the couch in my house, maybe not replace it, but just also have like a you know in a place where you would put your hammock in your living room. Everyone's got a hammock in the living room, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, hear me out. If what? you replace the living room hammock with like a weird like anti gravity thing where you just it felt like you were falling, wouldn't that be like a comfortable place to a, sit and watch a, TV? A skydiving no. chamber, yeah, like one of those. Sky- yeah, yeah, similar. But, Similar. But, but while you're watching TV. Sure. So you could like slowly float upside down and no longer oh, be yeah. able to see the TV for yes. a minute. That's a better experience? Yeah, I think. Okay. If you're in an airplane and you're going down, do you like that sensation? Yeah, no, but that's different. Have you that's been skydiving different. before? No. Because it's different. You it's don't a get feeling that. of weightness, weightlessness. Yeah. You don't have the diaphragm. It's you not like you're on a roller coaster where you're being pulled down. Because yeah. yes. that's, that's where you're feeling G-force. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's it. I'm getting rid of my hammock. Get in a skydiving chamber. I was doing a joke about having a hammock in your living room, and that confused my point about the (laughs) about the the anti gravity. I was doing a yes and. I know I appreciate you, but I felt confusion from everyone else. Well, then it confused the joke. It made it too difficult. Uh, It was two different jokes. No one has a hammock in their living room. I know. I know. It's too many things. If you've been falling for if you've been falling for thirty minutes, yeah, and then 
you know, you're building up basically this inertia of falling for 30 minutes, yeah. and then you just land on the floor in the Sanctum Sanctorum. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you still splatter all over the ground? Absolutely. Well, number one, you reach terminal velocity at some point. Right. That's true. Oh, okay. he also he's a god, and also he's a god, puny god. So he doesn't. Gods don't splatter. Not as easily. Well, maybe he slows him down. He's Doctor Strange. I'm sure he can slow him down. Sure. Good call. Good call. Okay, I'm getting a hold of this podcast. I'm getting a hold of this podcast. I feel what you mean. The main cast for Amazon's Lord of the Rings series was uh, just announced, and there are two actors from Game of Thrones in it. Oh, really? Who? Robert Arameo, who Who? played young Ned Stark. Oh, yeah. And Joseph Maul, who played Benjamin Stark. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Let's get a couple Starks. But other than that, I was like, who? Yeah. That's good, right? Because Game of Thrones, we didn't know any of those actors, really, and then they became um, the main characters. Did we really know them? Sean Bean? The main who, character. Who is well, then they killed Sean him off. Bean, then man. they killed him off. I wonder the if most he'll part. die you know, in this you know? series And they killed him well. off, but most of the main characters throughout there, we didn't know who they were. No, you're right. And they were all good casting choices, and you just you had Sean Bean there... To really anchor the thing as and like one guy. And what's her face? No, Cersei. She's really Lena Headley. Lena Lena Headley. Headley. She, she was actually what drew me into the series because I'd seen her in 300, but then I saw her, saw her as Sarah Connor in yeah. Sarah Connor, the, or Terminated. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. She was hot. Sarah, Sarah Connor, Connor Chronicles. Um, sure. Okay. Um, but she was really good in that well, and dropped so. her accent. And she was, yeah, a really good actor in that. And that's what drew me yeah, in. There's no anchory people in this. That's true. Yeah, I you know I, I I hesitated even sending that piece of news along because there's no names for us to even get excited about. It's just a piece of fuck you. It's January that it's like okay we're casting we're moving along with this. Mm-hmm. It's no one you know. Maybe that's the story. Well, is that it's well, no one you know. Well, maybe some of the supporting actors haven't been named here, and uh, maybe they are really big names to help these no name people. That no, because they have like l- young Galadriel, and it's some chick that I have no idea who. It By is. the way. Stupid, dumb thing to say. Yeah. Galadriel, an elf, timeless, doesn't get old or young. But anyways, uh, do you know what? It, another interesting piece of kind of fluffery that gets tossed around with this is Ian McKellen always shooting his mouth off mm. that he would like to still be Gandalf. And interesting. Obviously, I want that. Obviously, there is no other Gandalf. Either put Ian McKellen in it, and in that case, you have to really actually connect this show to the Peter Jackson movies. And that's a tricky thing to do, because if you're going to do that, you have to have it to the same design standard as the those movies which are like beautiful masterpieces and the uh product of like hundreds of people working together to you know it's so like that's a tall order and to also make, this is a second age this series right that's right so it's going to be different yeah. but it has to fit so if you're gonna say like look it's not connected to those movies it's our own thing it kind of lowers the bar for you but as soon as you say yes ian mckellen is our gandalf it's just like okay well this better look just as fucking good as those perfect perfect movies so that's tricky and then otherwise if you don't have Ian McKellen then I think that the our hands all shoot up and we're like don't put Gandalf in it then I don't want to see anyone else as Gandalf I'm already not excited to see a young Galadriel who's not the same actress as in the movies don't you dare put anyone else in that so gray the, robe what's the timeline again for this for this show it's between the first and second age is that what it is it's, I think it's just during the second age. The during age the second of age. Men. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah, because Gandalf doesn't play a huge role until near the end of the second age and obviously the great years. But I think he is around. So if he's they around. wanted to yeah. do Wait, that thing. What if this whole thing is about baby Gandalf? 
Can I hear Baby Gandalf sing finally? <laughs> Funny. <laughs> Don't touch that. <laughs> what would be a cute thing from Lord of the Rings that you could make into a baby? Oh my god. You shall not pass. Yeah. Uh, that's right, a baby like balrog with a little twig. Yeah. Can you imagine a little baby balrog? It'd be cute, and it's like oh. belching up a little smoke like little, and fire. Like, yeah, smoke. Yeah, that would be, that'd be cute. cute. Smash. Okay, Polly, tell us about uh, Colin Trevor's version of Star Wars. Uh, the guy with too many R's in his name. Yes, Trevoro. Okay, it's like Trevor, but tomorrow. Um, so wow, it totally is. That's great. Thank you. Who's ever writing the clickbait about this thing? Uh, clearly didn't like The Rise of Skywalker or is like, you know, feels all the uh, criticism that it gets because every article is just like, Colin Trevorrow's version of the episode nine would have been actually good for once. But I don't know if I agree with that. I was, I was like interested. I was like, oh, okay. I, I was interested to see what a, a new take on it would have been or a different, a non-JJ take on episode nine. But... As a whole, I feel like it wouldn't have been as good as what we got okay. even. Can you go through it for us and for pod listeners that haven't read this? Because yeah. like, I did read uh, about a Colin Trevorrow version before Rise of Skywalker was released yeah. that he then tweeted and said, this is bullshit. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Yeah, can you just like okay. go through like the plot beats that or the like how is it different? And like, I guess right. spoilers, Mary, you can come in and do a spoiler thing. Who, the, for Rise who of Skywalker. is Colin Trevorrow? He was the guy who was going to direct, write, and direct episode yeah, nine. Like and he did Jurassic out. World. Oh, okay. okay, right. So, so number one, it, it, what it seems like is that he was much more interested in going down a a Ryan Johnson. Like he was interested in following the threads that Ryan Johnson has set up. Mm-hmm. And uh, not doing any of the retconning that JJ did, right? And you know, just to give fan service, which is interesting. Um, it would have been called Episode Nine: Duel of the Fates. Great name. Oh, I like that. Great name. I like that a lot. Though, I, I don't like that. I also like Balance of the Force. It's better than Rise of Skywalker. It's better, but I don't like Duel of the Fates. I don't know. That's a song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> great Which one, is a great nod to no. the legacy of John Williams um, composing. But okay, just call it Imperial March. Oh, geez, stop. <laughs> um, <laughs> the look on your face, Kristen. So, so uh, Rose Tycho is in it quite a bit more, and she is teamed up with Finn again. Mm-hmm. Now. I don't care for that. I don't know about you guys because that's what we got in uh, that, yeah. the last Jedi or the last Jedi. I will and say I do agree. Just a sidebar, sort of, with having you know sat on this for three, four weeks now. Rose did get like the shaft in Rise of Skywalker. Mm-hmm. Totally. It was sad yeah. that her character, especially after all that online bullying, and and I I know there's reasons for it with like them trying to put Leia in there. But anyway, no, she was would totally have liked to see sidelined. more of her. It but, did feel like they responded to the toxic fans' yeah, criticism, which is really really sad. So yes. I would like to see more of her. Maybe not this much more. But and I wouldn't have liked yeah. that line too. That the line that got her out of it and was like, Rose, last chance, you can join us on this big thing. It's like, no, no it's okay. the general wants me to stay here and do math. Study. Yeah, <laughs> study. yeah I agree. I, I know what JJ was trying to do there. He was trying to team up his faves, right? The yeah. Poe, Finn, and Ray, and get them on an adventure like the original movie. Um, but I agree, too. It's like, why couldn't Rose also be there? There's yeah. an extra scene. I did like her. Falcon. I thought she was great. But anyway. Yeah, I agree. She so this been. dude. Anyway, so, but this would have had uh, Rose and Finn just hanging out the entire time. All right. 
Um, C-3PO and R2-D2 on a mission to light a beacon on Coruscant mm. that would draw allies to assist the Resistance in their final battle against the First Order. This is, is also it, with Rose and Finn. It's, big, it's big Return battle. of the King? What's happening? I know. <laughs> what are they fucking beacons? They've We're in the, the future. I know. I kind of like the idea of going back to Coruscant because... Although it's a set we saw a lot in the prequels, I feel like George Lucas did it lazily, and I would have liked to see a more ambitious director take on that planet. Okay, I'm going to light a beacon. Got it. (laughs) (laughs) To light the beacons of... What are they called in Lord of the Rings? I don't know. Uh, Gondor calls for it! Yeah. 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 Oh, shoot. (laughs) Kirsten's going to go one by one hating on all these ideas. No, no, I said Rose. I'd like more Rose. Mm -hmm. We're good with that. Meanwhile, Ray, Poe, and Chewbacca head to a distant planet to find answers that may help Ray figure out what to do about this whole situation. Wait, is that literally this whole situation? That's what they say. Yeah. Okay. No, no, read it, read it, read it. To, what to do in this whole gestures wildly situation. Oh, okay, okay. Um, okay, obviously everyone's favorite Kylo Ren, though, has a very different thing. He travels to Mustafar like he does in Rise of Skywalker, mm-hmm. uh, but he is going there. And he's and uh, so the script shows the audience what he's been up to while Ray tries to figure out if she's worthy of being a Jedi or if the Jedi should even be a thing anymore. So right. that's a very Ryan Johnson, yeah. right? Okay. Uh, Kylo searches Mustafar for a Sith holocron, yeah, an artifact that will aid his nefarious plans. The entire time he is tormented by the Force ghost of Luke, who taunts him with lines like, "This is where the dark path leads, an empty tomb." Oh, okay. So rather than getting classic Force Ghost, who's just there for a little exposition and to cheer on our hero, like yeah, we've already Force seen, that are taunting. we get this haunting, taunting Force Ghost. Yeah. Hey, it's not a bad original uh, idea. <laughs> I read this, and I like almost every idea. But to say it could be executed properly, yeah, no. I, I so fucking petty of Luke yeah, Skywalker. Yeah, it just hangs around. Where are you going to go now, motherfucker? <laughs> Wrong choice again. He was pretty petty in the... Uh, the last Jedi. Right? But that's because he hadn't learned. Okay, this is where <laughs> things get kind of interesting. The holocron opens to reveal a hologram of Palpatine. Mm-hmm. So there we go. Okay. We get your Ian McDiarama back in there. Apparently, leaving his last will and testament to Darth Vader. Yeah. Should Luke kill Palpatine? Yeah. Vader should take the young Skywalker to see Tor Valum, okay. the Sith Master who taught Palpatine everything he knows. Um, so then they're all trying to get to Kylo Ren and bring Ben Solo back into the light, and Leia does a thing, and blah, blah, blah. Okay, here's this. So Kylo Ren does track down this Tor Valum, yeah. who turns out to be a 7,000-year-old ghoul. <laughs> There wasn't ghosts in this, too. What's happening? Described as Lovecraftian in appearance. Oh, no. Okay. That's sweet. No, I'm not okay with that. So Kaloran trains with him for a bit. He confronts a Darth Vader ghost. He loses, and he gets mad, and then he goes over to Rey, and then they do a thing, and then... um, And then he gets his smelted Mandalorian armor put onto his face. Oh! Because something fucks up his face, and he, so he gets, like, a Boba Fett mask... Put on his, on face. his face. I don't okay. know about that at all. Um, and then so they're they do a thing, and then finally, um, they're trying to like get Ben Solo back and redeem him, but he doesn't, and he is extinguished. Uh, but not before revealing that he killed Ray's parents, who oh. were indeed nobodies on Snoke's orders. Eh. Eh. 
Also, Chewbacca flies an X-wing. <laughs> Ooh. So there were good. Ooh. There were good points in the Rise of Skywalker. There are some good points in Duel of the Fates. I kind of would want to shuffle a few of each of those in. Yeah. Um. So yeah, interesting. Huh. Colin Trevor. How much older is Kylo or is Ben Solo to Ray? Not that much older. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. So that wouldn't have made a lot of sense. No. 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 Killed his parents? No. Yeah, because he would have already had to have been trained by Luke and then (laughs) that whole thing with Luke trying to kill him or whatever. That would have had to happen when Ray was a a baby or a child. But what happened with the beacons? Did they light the beacons? Did Gondor come to their aid? Yeah. I don't like what? It's very likely. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It doesn't say, but I think probably. Let us please switch gears and see what we think of Billie Eilish writing the song for the James Bond movie, No Time to Die. The Paul was right train. Mm-hmm. Choo-choo. I'm going to make a little thing, like a little board that we can put up in here with oh, little dear. cardboard like train cabooses. And every time that <laughs> someone calls something right, you get another caboose. Yeah. And then we'll see at the end of the year how who's how got many the caboose. How many cabooses you have? Who's got the longest? When did you call this, Why are they just though? cabooses? Because <laughs> I remember talking <laughs> about this in a music meeting, and I kind of suggested that. Oh. Um, oh, maybe before then. Yeah, right. For <laughs> sure. Yeah, right. On the radio. Yes. Kirsten heard it. I yes, said I that. And I, it was an original idea. I Pull up the audio. I, I swear. <laughs> I swear I didn't steal this from you. I, yeah, I. Uh, no, because I didn't even say that as necessarily an original. I just said that would have been, that would be the obvious thing in the music meeting is because of mm-hmm. the, her, the sultriness of her voice and the fact that she's like the biggest fucking thing. Yeah. No, I said it's so obvious. Paul. I said a similar thing. You can have a caboose as well, Brian. We're two Ooh, very small people. Because it's an obvious. <laughs> Guys, who's Billie it's Eilish? It's an obvious guess that Billie Eilish would have done the next Bond thing. Wait. But we still got it right, so we get a caboose. Guys. Friends, let's pause for a moment and address Art's question. Who is Billie Eilish? Whoa. <laughs> Art doesn't work here. Billie Eilish is probably the hottest 22-year-old singer on the planet. 18. Right? Which, I told, 18? which I told Johnny, I was like, now it's okay that she oh, has a sexy stop. voice. Jesus. Well, before it wasn't okay that she had a sexy voice, and you couldn't be like, she's she allowed to the have a sexy Olsen voice. Twin. I hate this. It's so, um, so she's 18, she's, so now she has a sexy voice. Do you guys know, when you're a fucked up thing, it's not just Billie Eilish, right? It's her brother, Phineas. Billie yeah. Eilish really is like Sorry, a two-person. Sorry, that's yeah. what it was. Phineas is 22. Yeah, so... The Billie Eilish, the band, is actually two people. It's yep. Billie Eilish and her brother Phineas. Yep. Her brother and is their other dating brother, Ferb. A, <laughs> her brother Phineas is dating a girl who looks exactly like his sister no. Billie Eilish. What? That's yes. I don't like it. Look it up. It is a little bit. Hey, I'm going to play a little bit of a clip for uh, for art. Hopefully, this doesn't really blast into the speakers. It but. Shouldn't. I don't know if you remember this this little ditty. Is it playing? I think it's playing. I can hear it. I can hear it. Is it playing in the uh, recording? I don't know. Looks like it. Looks like it. You recognize that? Maybe I'll skip ahead a little bit. I'm not bad, but I'm yeah. I've heard this song. Oh, okay, oh, okay. that's okay. Billy Eilish. Good, good, good. Okay. That's Billy Eilish. <laughs> I didn't know who was saying it. He just does news here. Yeah. Yeah. How long has that been in heavy rotation? Art is now caught up with the 20th century. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I think, uh, yeah. I mean, totally makes sense. She's got a great natural choice. Uh, like really cool, sexy, like voice for it, and her brother will write a good song because yeah, he's the one that does all the songwriting. And, and she, she is the now, right? It was Madonna, or it was Adele, or it was Duran Duran, even at the time. Whoever you know wrote the song was so it at the time. It makes 
perfect sense that it's Billie Eilish. And I don't know if you thought of this, Brian, when you were right about it, <laughs> but I said Choo-choo. that um, the uh, the thing about Billie Eilish I thought is like, yeah, it should be great to perform it. I don't know about write it because I don't know if like as an 18-year-old person, she has that much kind of love and reverence for this franchise and knows it well enough to kind of make a song that fits in the pantheon of all these incredible songs. She did do a song completely about Threat Level Midnight from The Office. <laughs> did she actually? Yeah. Oh, what? what? But uh, her quote when this news was announced was something about how much she absolutely loves Bond and like how it's the greatest film franchise of all time. So I have got all trust and I hope the two of them make a great song. What's everyone's favorite James Bond song? Live and Let Die. Good one. Yeah, it's that's so probably. Mm, I don't know. I'm one of those weird people that like the music's going on. I'm watching all the other stuff and I'm not really paying attention to the music. <laughs> not Duran <laughs> Duran. Totally. Is so a View to a Kill? Is that what that one was? Oh, yeah. So I like that bad. one. There we go. Oh. A View da, to a Kill. Da, 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 da. Oh, yeah, I remember so that. Duran Duran. Yeah, I remember that. I think my favorites are Goldfinger, Super Classic, yeah. Thunderball is unbelievable. The Johnny Cash th- version of Thunderball that never was actually released. Go look that up. It's incredible. Original Thunderball is Tom Jones. Uh, yes. Yeah, I like that one. Yeah, the one that's yeah. in the movie is Tom Jones. Yeah. The original one that got scrapped, but that's incredible, is Johnny Cash. Really? Right. I know the worst. Unreal. Guys. What's the worst? And also Skyfall, Adele's recent one. Yeah. is Skyfall is a pretty five. dang yeah. good song. It's really yeah. good. Yeah. What's yeah. Okay, what's the worst? The Madonna, Die Another Day. I'll awful. Guess I'll die another day. It's not great. It's awful. It's not great. You're right. Yeah, that's the one where he's getting tortured in Korea during the But Cheryl's song. Cheryl Crow's Goldeneye, as far as the Pierce Brodinson ones go. I don't remember how that one Pretty goes. Good. I don't either, actually. Yeah, that's weird. Mm. You know, like the Alicia Keys, Jack White? Another yes. Way to Die. Another Way to Die is great. Also, um, oh, there's one that's so good. Uh, you Only Live Twice is so good. Look at mm-hmm. Big shoes, you guys. Yeah. This franchise has got unbelievable music over how many? 28, 30 mm-hmm. movies? It's insane. Yeah, I think your like, voice is perfect for this. Yeah, though. exactly. Yeah. Listen yeah. to this, the current single we're spinning, All the Good Girls Go to Hell, Yeah, and you'll hear it in mm-hmm. that voice. It's totally. Like, she's got the perfect voice for this. Yeah. Right, we both get a caboose. Noah Hawley suggests that his Star Trek movie, which I guess would be four, would have new cast. What do we think of that? After building up this set of actors for three movies. Well, would it be like a reboot or a re what or a or is it number four? Well, he's just he says, you know, new stories uh, often involve new cast. So it's a threat. It's a warning. It's a hint. I'm worried. I mean, it sounds like it sucks, but also the three (laughs) the three movies that were made were all good movies. I enjoyed them all. It's fine. We can just put it to rest. It's over. You know, okay this is a really that. good point, right? Because it's just that everything is being dragged through the dirt and you're feeding a fed horse and it's just too much too long. Nothing burns out. Everything fades away and we're all sick of it by the time it's done. Yeah. Solid point. Yeah. Let's Solid six for your point. Thank you. Something new. Oh, it can just start that. anew, right? And he, this guy's good. Noah Howley's good. He's got the Fargo stuff. He's good. I, I don't know what he wants to do here if he wants to recast the original cast like the Kirk and Spock crew of the Enterprise um, or maybe just do a like takes place in the Star Trek universe and different <laughs> ship uh, that would be fun too what okay so this was wor- I, when I sent this along I was worried by this and I was also heartened because the one thing he wants to do is 
make it feel more classically Star Trek, which you're right, Art, those three movies are really fun action-adventure movies, yeah. but they're bad Star Trek because Star Trek is supposed to be a little bit smarter and it's supposed to tackle like headier sci-fi themes, yeah. and they don't do that. There's just It's just lens flares and running around. Mm-hmm. And again, I love them. Yeah. I love them. They're good for what they are. You're right, though. This new batch has been very action film and not very yeah. Star Trek feel. Yeah. So what I would love is, and you can look at, you can have this cast. They don't have to be running constantly. I would love to see this cast as Kirk and Spock do more interesting sci-fi things. The thing that he talks about, everyone who takes on Star Trek just wants to remake Rathacon. But a lot of them want to do it for the wrong reasons. They want to do it because it's action and because of the, like, uh, he's like they, it's a guy who wants revenge, yeah. right? That's why we get the fucking constant revenge movies. It's all because of Rathacon. But this guy, Noah Howley, what he said what he likes about Rathacon is the part where Kirk tricks Khan into lowering his shields. It's a zero action, clever, outthinking, outchessing submarine in space thing, and that is classic Star Trek going back to the original series. That's well, the part in Rathacon he likes. It's well written. It's well written, and it shows Kirk as not just an action adventure guy who can do a double handed punch, but as a very smart, tactical general. Mm-hmm. And that's rad. So if you're going to do that in this movie, sweet. And I would love to see this cast play those types of characters as well. Now, when he talks about new stories, new cast, new crew, ooh, that, I don't know. I'm, now I'm worried. Now mm-hmm. do I have to get to know a whole nother crew of people? Yeah, because my thinking is that he was signed on to this project and then he was given his budget. And he's like, oh, I can't afford Chris Pine. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, I don't know. I'm, I'm, you know, cautiously optimistic there. I want him to do a good job and I want it to be a great, uh, who knows? Maybe now he's rebooting the next generation cast or something. I don't know. Maybe it's just a different starship, but set in the same universe on the same timeline. I don't know. All good points. We'll have to see. It looks, yeah, it's, it's. I agree. A little bit heartening, maybe. We'll see. Hmm. And I also totally agree with Art. It's just like, let it go. Snip it and go go forward. But now we're going backward because there's uh, the Batman set photos that might have given us our first look at Colin Farrell as the Penguin. Very understated. Very. Just, just imagine Colin Farrell and what he usually looks like. Right. <laughs> yeah. But then give him a cane. <laughs> give, oh, I like giving him a, a Give him an umbrella. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I can see it. I can picture That's it. That's literally yeah. what it is. That is literally what it is. Yeah. And these were also like creeper, like some guy. They were filming it on his block. You could see it from his office. Photo, like yeah. Hey, you know what? If you had that opportunity to get some exclusives, you'd probably do it too. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess that's that. Um, let's review. But, I, but yeah, I, I'm oh. excited to see Colin Farrell as a penguin. Right? He was so great in. I like Colin Farrell. That Fantastic Beast movies uh, as a bit of a yeah, yeah. So in right, yeah. and who wore a suit. So. Oh, he also had an umbrella cane in that movie. Oh. yeah. Maybe that's why he got this part. Yeah, I think so. Jeez. You know who looks good with a cane? Colin Farrell. Yeah, I just refuse. <laughs> let's typecast him. Yeah. yeah, I just refuse to get excited about another Batman movie right away like this. Like, mm. let's just see the movie. If it's good, it's good. Right. But to, like, anticipate something good is... No. Stop anticipating, people. Won't do it. All right, let's review and recommendation. 1917. Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah, we went... I just just want to talk about this specifically because of Art's rating of this fucking movie on Twitter. Oh, right. What the fuck, Art? First off, uh, do you remember the movie at all? Yes, I do. (gasps) Here we go. Dig's beginning. Yeah, Kirsten Uh was drunk (laughs) and being very chatty during an intense war movie. (laughs) Okay, can I say the best part of the whole movie for me was... 
Benedict Cumberbatch, one of the, if not the most recognizable movie stars on planet fucking Earth, comes on the screen. Kirsten loudly goes, That's Benedict Cumberbatch! <laughs> Thanks, Kirsten! <laughs> Thank you! I was very excited. On behalf of the entire theater. You're welcome. <laughs> Which Good eye. Oh, by the way. Yeah. Good eye wouldn't recognize him. He had a mustache. Oh, my God. Didn't recognize him in an army uniform. Thank Christ you belligerently screamed that out. I would like out. you to rewind this podcast 30 minutes to when Art did not remember his name. So maybe someone in the theater was like, fuck, who's that guy again? Thanks, drunk woman. You're welcome. For yelling that I at an always. intense scene in a movie. It wasn't intense. Okay, it was keep moving on. How is the movie? I just want to say that this movie is the best movie I've seen so far this year. You guys did this as part of your uh, watch all the Oscar movies thing? Yes. yes. It's better, I think... For what it achieved, I think it's better than Endgame. It's 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 wow. better than Knives Out. This is the best movie I've seen this year. Wow, this is better it's than Endgame. certainly better than so far Jeez. the other uh, uh, eight movies that have been nominated for Best Picture. Um, I can't imagine because there's a few I haven't seen yet: Ford versus Ferrari and yeah. Little Women and all that. I can't imagine that those movies are going to be better than this. Um, but I'm excited to find out. Uh, so okay, Art. Now one thing that was in the back of my head: Art and I that very day had a very loud. Um, disagreements Did you? in the news departments hmm. where Art See, other called, people being very loud too. Art Just called me. me an old white fuck. No, I said you were sounding like an old white fuck. Oh, that's I'm different. two years older than him and only barely whiter than him. <laughs> I said you were sounding like an old white fuck. So, but what was the argument that you were trying to make? Because you declared, as we're looking over the Oscar-nominated pictures, mm -hmm. you were disappointed still the Endgame wasn't nominated. Yeah. Okay, here you are now. We're all nerds, and we all like that movie a lot. Yep. Do you still think it should be nominated for best? Yeah, it's one of picture? the ten best films that came out this year. No. It is. Like, 100%. The only time you project. For what, for what <laughs> yeah, it achieved, <laughs> it is. It is. It's one of the best ten films. You, you, so far it has year. to stand alone, though. You can't just nominate it because it achieved this thing with twenty-three other movies. Why not? Because it has to stand alone. But this is all subjective, right? It has to stand alone. You can't just nominate a movie because of twenty-three other movies. Now, Brian, as an old white fuck, please no, <laughs> no, sorry, as a person who loves these movies beyond all of us, should Endgame get nominated for an Oscar? I award? think. Okay, so I'm. Um, a little bit more with uh, sober Kirsten on this, um, <laughs> because hey, you don't know if, that. see, the thing, and I love uh, like as a guy who is a super mega nerdgasm fan of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, if it doesn't stand alone, I don't like any nomination for it would be just ceremonious at yes. this point. Yeah. Um, so if there was a category for best cinematic universe, fucking obviously Marvel wins hands down because of what they were able to achieve. But as, you know, um, a standalone movie to compare it to something like, you know, Jojo Rabbit, which can't then go and say, well, it, it doesn't have 23 movies before mm -hmm. it, right. um, I don't think is, you know, Jojo Rabbit would, would, um, would be deserved to be nominated and it's not a sort of a ceremonious nomination you know what i mean um so i i think i'm a little bit more with kirsten's point on that and and i guess paul that was your point yeah so i'm a little bit more on that point we need to mind Do I get a caboose no. Mm. No, oh, for this, because um, art gets minus one caboose that's oh, why <laughs> no sorry Art. but um no, I think the point is, too, is like when you watch a movie like 1917 and you see 
you know, that level of filmmaking yes. that is like, oh okay, my this God. is where it's, you lose. It's me. built this is where you lose me. Like it's it's a hum it's a real human drama. Yeah. It real is, human drama. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, there was oh. a first world war, so yes, yes. yes. <laughs> And you know, it's like, and it's a story. And I don't of like, think there was actually an Infinity War. We don't oh. know. We could have flipped. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, Thank you, Brian. as much as we can say about the filmmaking process and what an achievement it was to bring all of these movies and all of these threads and all of these characters together and make them work in a cohesive action movie, that's an achievement for sure. You know, as a part of the filmmaking process. Look, I love those Avengers movies. I love the whole MCU as well. I have a ton of respect for what they did there. But it's a different thing mm -hmm. than making a movie like 1917, which is like very unreliant on CGI. Okay, so you have to like build those sets, create those shots. I don't think anybody's saying world. that that's better than 1917. So you're using a bad excuse here. I'm saying that it's a different type of filmmaking to like properly block shots and you know, it's like film it like that's a real artistry that I'm sorry, as good as Endgame is for what it is, doesn't have that. It's All just, right, Scorsese. Calm yeah, down. it is a bit of the sort of Scorsese <laughs> thing, but it's so true. It's like you see the difference when you try and compare those movies of what it is to put movie stars against a green screen and give them pithy dialogue, and mm -hmm. then they CGI do a punch to each other yeah. versus what a movie like 1917. But that also takes does. movie skill to make too. That right? Yes. Yeah. So it's one of those things. It's the this is my problem with the academy and the way it's set up. Here we are. You're supposed. What are they? What are they doing? They're uh, celebrating movie excellence here. So it's very subjective what that is. And to say that uh, it's like the arguments um, when we talk about the Rocky movies. I was I had this argument with someone. Uh, yes, the first Rocky movie is the best movie, the best Rocky movie. But the most rewatchable, the most enjoyable Rocky is Rocky Rockies. Four. Oh, I was going to say three. Okay, I like I like three as well. Mm -hmm. Does that make it a better movie? Because it's like it's enjoyable to watch. That's part of the movie making experience. You're right. right? And you're right with the subjectivity of this. And, and to give, give an award to a piece of art, whether mm -hmm. it's music or movies or whatever, yeah. is a fool's errand and it's bullshit. But we have decided that we're buying into what the Oscars are, and that's why we watch these movies, and that's why we appreciate I'm them. I'm saying let's change so it. So if we're going to... Uh, see, I don't think we need to change it. I so, think we continue to celebrate these types of movies for what they are with Oscars. And then the Avengers gets to make $10 billion. So I, I just say, think it's a little ridiculous that you make a musical now and it gets up for an Oscar. No, it doesn't. Just about all I the didn't see Rocketman. I didn't see Rocketman on the best picture. And that... I mean, Cats is on there, but it doesn't deserve it. What? Did I miss that? So, yes, I do think the movie should be enjoyable because, like, one of the things that I've been talking to Johnny about is uh, Brian's review of Marriage Story, which was that it was good, but I never fucking want to watch it again. Right. And a lot of the time, like, I was trying to think of like other Oscar movies that have won are, that are just like heavy fucking dramas mm -hmm. that you would never want to watch again. And I even thought about like, Schindler's List, but Schindler's List is rewatchable because there's like, a, you know, like there's something kind of uplifting or it's a happy story about the war. It's a modicum of hope. But like, I haven't seen Marriage Story yet, but it sounds like it's just going to be something I never want to watch again. So I kind of agree with you there that for it to be the best picture, it should be rewatchable. Oh. But also, um, 
I don't think that Endgame belongs in this category. And fortunately, I thought they were doing it this year, but maybe they're doing it next year as the Oscars because they're losing so many people. Nobody's fucking watching because people want to see Endgame like battling it out against, you know, whatever other action movie came up from <laughs> murder mystery. Hmm. Um, so they're putting another category in and I forget what they're going to call it. It's the like critics po- choice. Critics choice. choice. Yeah. And I thought it was happening this year. And, and it's kind of like what the Golden Globes does where they separate it into drama and then musical comedy, ah. which I think is what they should do because it's not fair to be placing these like, yes, Chris Evans is amazing. You watch these movies. He's a, a great actor. And it's not fair that he can't, he's never going to be recognized for that because he's up next to fucking Kylo Ren, like acting his heart out in Marriage Story. And that's the kind of acting they're looking for. So they just need to, they just need two categories. Yeah. And it's, well, and another point I'm trying to make though is like, okay, I'm not saying every Marvel movie should be best picture. Not saying that, but when you make an exceptional movie, like I believe Infinity War was an exceptional movie, a different type of movie where, like, the villain is the hero or the hero is the villain, right? Um, nominate for Best Picture. Like, The Dark Knight was the best movie that came out that year. And it wasn't even nominated for Best Picture. Uh, mind you, there were only five nominations back then for mm-hmm. Best Picture. If you go and look at the Best Pictures that went out that came out that year, I think uh, Slumdog Millionaire won that year. You cannot tell me that movie is better than The Dark Knight. No, it's not. You can't tell me Milk or Frost Nixon that year was better than The Dark Knight. No, it's not. And the only reason it wasn't was because there was a guy in a cape in it. I mean, these movies, these different genres, um, but there are they are telling you know human stories in these movies. So I, I just I just think it's a discrimination against some of these genre, these uh, Where are you going? these genres. I'm just gonna go yell at Jenny for a second, but <laughs> I look at I don't think that because. They fucking gave the Joker a nomination this yeah. year. There's not a bias against the comic book movies or low art or whatever. But I can tell you right now, as much as I dislike the Joker, I, t- I can tell you that the like the filmmaking techniques are more involved and are more intense, you know, and that is more uh, deserving of a nomination. It's not still though than Endgame, which again is just, you know, an action adventure set against green screen. Well, you you act like that's so really easy to do. Like I, I like. Why don't you jump in there and try and make Endgame? Seriously, I I just don't think that the I don't think that the story in Endgame like it was a great culmination of all of the movies. But like I don't think it'd be nominated. Like it's like Star Wars. I fucking loved that, but it's not Best Picture. If we were to mind wipe every well, member, Star Wars of, sucked. If we were to no, mind wipe every member of the Academy and give them Endgame on its own, would it stand on its own? No, like, do absolutely they explain not. enough of the previous plot, especially even of the previous movie, for it to be a movie that would. No, you know what? But that's a, that's a, that's an argument you can have and make. And for no, sure, because I agree with that. Just, but, but just because it's a science fiction movie about comic books. Um, you toss it out. No, because, no, because Return of the out. King won, right. and that was the third in a trilogy. Oh, so it's, it's, right. it's not necessarily that, but I just don't think that it should rest but on even its laurels. Like the Return of the King, though, that I felt was ceremonious because of like yeah, it, 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 it won it, Return of the King because Lord of the Rings in right. total was a yeah. like it kept I never being nominated. And yeah, exactly. Uh, and I, when you yelled at me out of the room there, if it's so easy, I do it. That's kind of the point: is that if you put me on a green screen. And with enough CGI to, like, shred my abs and put, like, a Thanos beside me, I probably could do it. Or I could be closer to what they're doing in Endgame. Okay. I can't do what Joaquin Phoenix did, though. And I can't do what the guys in 1917 did as far as a performance yeah, and blocking. And cinematography. That was and so cin- good. And all that stuff. 
in those movies. That's what I'm saying. It's different. It's further away, for uh, sure. I mean, Infinity War was a lot better than Redbird, guys. It was. Redbird? What's Redbird? Whatever that movie was called. Is it called Redbird? Is that what it was? Movie 1917, was the movie no, we've been talking about? Redbird? What are you talking about? Yeah, it was one of the Lady Bird. Lady Bird. That's oh. what it was like. Green Lady Book? Bird. Kirsten, say your thing. Lady Bird. That's what it was I called. was just going to say, at the end of all of this, though, Art, please tell us what you rated this movie. Uh, 8.7 for Girl Cows. What Kelsey. the fuck? <laughs> 0.7? You can't just rate things with any point you want. Kirsten, I hashtag it Art's Worthless Movie Reviews. I can do whatever I want with that. 8.7. What, why not just did, 9? How, yeah, why not just 9? What? How did it lose point uh, Okay, so points? back back to 1917, that's what we were oh, talking about. About this movie, yes, the cinematography, amazing. Yeah. I, I love this movie. Yeah, I don't really like a lot of war epic movies, but this was. It didn't glorify war. Um, it brought us into the trenches. It uh, the, brought about the like the horror of war, the the um, the confusion of war. That's and what Benedict I really Cumberbatch. Um, but my own, the, I, I, I think I, I lost a few <laughs> points because there was no character development. What they didn't, it didn't need that. It was like literally a story of, hey, you guys, yeah. please take this message but to that's, this. That's you don't the need... only thing it didn't have. Like, it I didn't was know like anything about these, time... these two characters. Are you right? but you didn't... joking my ass? It was no. like a real time, like, here is like two hours in the trenches following these people trying to get this mission done. Also, I completely disagree. I go from being strangers with these two dudes. Yeah. And in the course of what it would be like to be in a war with strangers yeah. and people you don't know and you're tossed in this insane situation, I did feel like I got to know them and their families and who they are as people. Yeah. Really? Over the course of the movie. Yeah. Yes, like, it's there's it's a ton like of need... character development yeah. there with very little dialogue mm. scenes or everything. It's a lot of action and a lot of running around. Well, that's fine. I just didn't like... So that's I why I lost I, like, like I was interested in what they were doing, but I didn't really like, like I didn't I didn't connect with them on any sort of. Level, it was almost like right? a slice of life wow. movie, but during the war. And usually I hate slice of life movies, mm. but it just told such an interesting story and so well and so beautiful. And the stakes were huge, and they were also like very but down to yeah. earth and realistic. Yes. Oh yeah. Um, and and yeah, and then, and then very also personal mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. You get yeah, mm-hmm. I, I I couldn't disagree more. There's a ton of character development in this movie. Anyway, so eight very points, simple, very eight very seven. simple uh, plot to this movie too, yeah. which I really liked. Like mm-hmm. they yeah. needed to get to a place. It was like almost the opposite of Saving Private Ryan that way. You know, simple. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah it was a great movie. I love this movie. It's my favorite movie so far this year. Friends, good review, good recommendation. Can I say one thing? Yeah, I, mean, I just wanted I to get one word. One thing, I just wanted to get one Brian. word in, but everybody's jumping over top of me because it was so heated between you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, just with regards to the Oscar thing, um, I don't. I'm kind of in the middle between you two, between Paul and and Art, hmm. in terms of like where your guys' arguments lie. Um, I do see where you're coming from, Art. I. I do also see that, like, I don't think there needs to be a change in this. I think we can just change ourselves. And, like, like with me, I just don't fucking care about the Oscars. That's not going to – it's not going to um, di- dictate whether or not I go and see a movie. It'll maybe build up a little bit of buzz like, oh, somebody's performance is great. Awesome. I kind of want to see that. But it's not going to make or break my feelings about a movie. It's kind of like the old Kevin Smith thing. I'm going to go to a movie and I'm going to appreciate the movie if it gives me that same sort of experience, magical experience of when I want to watch movies as a kid. It does influence a lot of people, though. 
Uh, it, well, it totally does. Great. Good for them. Good for them. If, if, But then the other thing that it does is that it does create this elitist thought about what a movie possibly should be no. that creates arguments from guys like Martin Scorsese saying, yeah, yeah. don't ever fucking watch a movie on your phone because it should be seen in a big screen right. with your fur coat on yeah. and your <laughs> on and whatever the fuck. Your right? pearls. Your pearls, yeah. 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 Well, look, look I, I agree. I, I'm hearing what you're saying, Brian, too. And I, I think that like that's that's what I'm saying. We have to. We are agreeing that the Oscars do add a amount of value. Don't tell me what to think, Paul. In that they, <laughs> um, it's like, and that's why we sit and watch the movies together, right? Yeah, but I'll tell Which you, I love if, very if these m- movies continue to suck balls, I'm not gonna continue doing it, right? Well, I don't think that they do suck balls. I think that you know, it's and like you don't know until after you watch the movie. Yeah, and that's <laughs> the fun thing about it is, you know, it's like I don't really remember what won last year, Green Book, but. <laughs> I but I do remember getting together and watching nine movies, some of which I wouldn't have seen by myself. Yeah, I would never and watch Roma. Like, yeah, exactly. I would have never watched. But I remember Phantom watching it Fred. at your lovely house with with the fire. That's right. But we get together and we watch these movies, and that's what the Oscars does do. Is like it does. Uh, like kind of open your eyes to movies that maybe you wouldn't normally see mm-hmm. when you're so distracted with you know it's like the big flashy lights of Endgame all the time and yes. that's the, that's the value in the Oscars yes. we don't need to put be all and end all into who wins these awards I just don't think I don't th- I, like to go uh, count, to counter your point I just don't think they should necessarily diminish what you know what um you know, Endgame and Marvel is done. But at no, the same time, I don't think Kevin Feige fucking cares because he's a fucking billionaire. That's it. And I don't think that's what I'm saying, too. It doesn't diminish what Endgame is done. I still love that movie. It's still one of my favorite movies of the year. Just different. It's just different. And my one thing that I want to say is, fuck you guys. My weekend is not on Saturday and Sunday. I can drink in the movies when I want. Oh, the cover match. Thank you. That's how I envisioned it. Yeah. Almost a little bit more Barney. Yeah. It's wonderful. Friends, good review, good recommendation. You're here this again. This is all subjective, That's right? Everything's and subjective. I think, and I am a little bit, what do you, what do you call it, butthurt? That like last year I thought, like my favorite movies that came out last year, and they were well, like really well made movies, like twenty Blade Runner, 2049, yeah. uh, Infinity War. Like they, none of them were nominated, really. So that's okay that's why, too. That's why. That's why I was like, you know, like there were some really good movies that weren't nominated. I'm pretty sure though the makers were... of 1917 are also kind of butthurt that you docked them point three <laughs> <laughs> on my arts worthless reviews because everybody just loves my worthless reviews. So to geek out of the zone.fm, Liza downtown wrote us back and clarified that she first heard our podcast when she was traveling in Canada, and Paul sent a pizza place a pizza place recommendation for somewhere in. Montreal or somewhere in Canada, Northern Ontario, in Northern Ontario, Mrs. Yeah. B- Mrs. B's. See, was that racist of us to assume it was Paul that gave the pizza recommendation? <laughs> well, no, because Paul, Paul also said Paul also said he could give a an Australian pizza place recommendation. I could, mm-hmm. I could, but I just I don't remember doing that. Is it Lisa um, so or Liza? We were confused. Liza. Liza. Did I say Lisa? Liza. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I'm just... But Liza also with her reply was like, sorry if it made no sense. No, no, no. Your email totally made sense. It's us. It was the only us. thing that didn't it's make sense is you're calling us. this a good podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you for listening. And you can also write us to geekoutatthezone.fm or reach us on our pod group. Did anybody say anything on the pod group? I mean, it's just been a busy week. Anything great on the pod group? Lots of great things on the pod group. Lots anything of great things call on out? the pod group. No. Okay. Uh, well, join us on the pod group or the uh, geekoutatthezone.fm. 
Let's have a hello from another member of the Zones podcast family. Yo, what's up, you guys? <laughs> if you think you'd like the spiciest hot takes of two millennial ding-dongs from Victoria, British Columbia, Canada, then you should listen to the PJ Party podcast. It's highlights of our show that we do on the Zone at 91.3 and some trash talk about other things. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's just trash. <laughs> so get it wherever you get your podcast. Smash that subscribe button. Smash that like button. Also, there's a blog on thezone.fm, so please look at that so it's not wasted of my time. Yeah. <laughs> Kirsten James, mm-hmm. where can we find you on Instagram? Drinking in a movie theater on a Wednesday <laughs> night. <laughs> and then she was kicking down. snow at us afterwards, and we got my pants all wet. Well, it doesn't matter. You need it's new pants now, now anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to go to see Doctor Strange at the end the whole time. <laughs> I know. You said that 15 scenes ago as well. Art Aronson. Uh, hashtag arts worthless movie reviews. There we go. There we go. Paul Placino. Paul Placino. Okay. Brian? DJ Boitano on Facebook and Boitano913 on Twitter and Instagram. I need the followers. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get that ratio up for Let's you, buddy. Get, Let's get those numbers up. Yeah. I'm Webmeister Bud. I actually had a pretty good week on social as Weathermeister Bud. Yeah. A weather. A weather. Weathermeister Bud. Oh, yeah. Aww. My friend Lara suggested oh, that. Yeah. Outside is weather. Yeah. <laughs> it was a crazy week of weather. I've been doing a weather. For a while now, but with this snow, it just went kaplooey. So it was, yeah, it was big. So I'm with my, with my, I'm with my on all socials. This has been the Geek Out Podcast. Thanks for listening. Bye. The Geek Out Podcast is a production of the Zone at 91.3. The views expressed here are not necessarily those of this radio station. And really, some of those views are pretty stupid. I mean, come on. For more on-demand audio from The Zone, visit thezone.fm slash podcast or the on-demand tab of our app. Thanks for listening, and thanks for being a zoner.